Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob. I am one of your hosts, Peter Madrigal. Hey, guys, and I'm Rob Federick, and I'm just statuesquely <laughs> excited to be here. <laughs> I'm Rob Schulte, and today... I feel the need. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 And it's no, not no, the no. need for speed, guys. It's not the need for speed. It is not. Do you guys ever feel the need? Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, every day, yeah. twice on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that I'm not the only one that was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, when I watched yeah. this, and that that moment stood out to everyone else. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I wonder which moment you're talking about, because, well, like, there's a few moments, So, but I think I know which moment you're referring to. Yeah. Well, here's look, Rob, thing. you should yeah. introduce this crazy movie that uh, you've brought to the table. Yeah. So, a couple years ago, I learned about a movie called Pin from 1988 i believe it's a canadian made movie didn't really make it here to the united states um <laughs> does start terry o'quinn yeah who, uh most people know as uh, john locke from lost right um he does a terrific job dude's been in a lot of stuff yeah, yeah. oh yeah. yeah um and here's the thing it fell onto my plate I casually heard someone talking about how fucked up it is and it's like kind of a horror movie and uh I wouldn't say it's a horror film. Exactly. It's it's um, definitely It's it's for the Halloween season, which sure. is why I chose it because it's no, creepy. <clears throat> it's a thriller. Yeah. And it's definitely creepy. Let's and let's it, Yeah. As we talk about the film, I think we're going to learn more about the person who made it than we than we probably yeah, thought. Yeah. In in the group chat yesterday, I was sending I I, I was literally asking that question. This yeah, director, yeah. whoever wrote this and directed this, this is a reflection on him more than anything else. Or her. Actually, or her. I well, don't have any of the details. Wasn't it's it, him. It's wasn't it a book a before it was a movie? Probably. It, I think it was a book. It was a book from okay, so then it, it, I thought I read. And, yeah. then, and then Trevor, I forget his, the name of the director. Um, This one is directed by uh, Sandor Stern. Sandor. Okay, so Sandor... That he wrote the script though. Yes. I saw that Sandra it was written Stern by him wrote in the, the screenplay. Credits. Yeah, Andrew Niederman wrote the novel. Wrote the novel. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so it was a book. So maybe Sandor isn't all that fucked up, but he chose to make this movie. Yeah. Well, or yeah, who knows what the intricate process is, but like there was a story made. <laughs> yeah, about someone it. wrote this. Someone yeah. wrote this from experience. And converted into to a movie, yeah, like somebody with like really deeply res- like, well, like, why don't like sexually repressed energy, man? Sexually, I don't or know. experienced this, someone yeah, they knew uh, who like had like this is more than this isn't sexually repressed. I mean, this is this is psychosis, this is psychosis and schizophrenia. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> well, with a lot of sexuality repressed. Yeah, like, that's true. And that couldn't have been the parents fault anyway let me i've got that's the, the first thing i texted here. you guys yeah. yesterday yeah <laughs> i've got the vhs terrible here, parenting so i will read the back of the box um yeah, let's go pin 1988 a doctor has a lifelike anatomically correct medical dummy with muscles and organs visible through its clear skin named pin after pinocchio Via ventriloquism, Pin explains bodily functions in a way kids can relate to. 
When the over-strict doctor and his wife are killed in a car crash, his son, Leon, transfers his alter ego into Pin, whom he always believed was alive. He starts using Pin as an excuse to overprotect his sister Ursula from admirers and deflect unwanted intrusions, even to the extent of committing murder. Dun dun dun. Okay, can we can we talk about how like the okay the back of the box is, serves it sort of well. There's two. I don't remember anything about Pinocchio reference nope. in there. I, it I has to be book though. Right? Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, it was in the movie. Oh, I don't remember I that part. When yeah, uh, yeah. No, uh, they were talking about uh, how the sister Ursula named it Pinocchio. Oh, okay. Uh, I missed yes. that. It went right over my head. But well, there's so many cuts where it's like they're seven years old, and now they're ten years right, old. Right, right, right. New actors. New, yeah, I would get. And you get a little confused with like that. There's a little weirdness there. Um, but what were you saying? No, I was going to say, like, can we just state the fact that, like, the back of the box says, like, the doctor likes to teach anatomy to kids. It's like, what a fucked up, creepy way to teach yeah. anatomy to maybe, kids, man. Is like, also, yeah, but, maybe put the pediatrician so you at least know that he works with children. Yeah, right, but it's start like... Start studying anatomy and physiology until high school. But not yeah. even that. It's like you have a weird-looking, crazy dummy that's got, like, skin and And then, like, the doctor talks for him. Yes. Yeah. And, like, moves his lips all creepily, like, behind them, like, to teach, like, about my organs and this. You're just like, dude, what the fuck is going on? Like, yeah, no, like, that was, it was creepy. And, and here's the thing. Okay, so I believe I'm the only one who has seen this movie before. Yes. Yes. 100%. I had only seen it once before, and I was still blown away this second time. I had forgotten, like, <laughs> how a long it takes to get to, like, the action of this movie, but also just like how much detail goes into like the, uh, sexual nature and strictness of the parents and stuff like a little, like, I don't care that it's there, but it's like, no, I get it. You know what I mean? Like it feels like some stuff could be cut there, but we'll get to some fixes in a minute. But like, I will say the creepy tone starts from the very beginning when the kids are looking at the house and like they climb like that, like the dummies like in the window, like actually that, that was pretty creepy. And then we start getting into the story, and it's what like... What did it say? 15 years later? <clears throat> 15 years earlier. Early. Okay. So, like, the story we saw was getting yeah, to yeah, the yeah. point of the window. Right. Mm-hmm. So then the thing about it was that, like, for me, I just thought it was weird that... we. I mean, we started with that, but then, like, right off the bat, it's like, these kids, you could tell, like, they're already fucked up. Like, when you yes. see them, they're like... Yeah. they're like, yeah. And the dad is... He's, he's weird. I mean, like, it's a weird family. Don't the you guys parents, think? The parents yes. have <clears throat> issues. Like, they're obviously... Um, some sort of like the the mother's OCD, and I'm not even trying to be extent. She's she vacuums after they stand on stools. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they're true. not spilling crumbs anywhere, but she still vacuums underneath them. The father's like overprotective, over like what are you you know striving for perfection when they're still developing? That's yeah. scary. What do you well, think, Peter? Well, my thoughts is is um, life is all about mistakes. Yes, thank Making you. Making mistakes helps you grow. So if uh, if you, the, this movie for me is about bad parenting, yeah, oh, that's what it is all about. And like you know, it, these kids they're so overprotected and they're taught not to ever make a mistake. Mistakes are what makes you grow. And then yeah. Ursula, 
she makes a mistake uh, becoming really promiscuous in high school, and then she has to have an abortion. Can we and talk like, about but, this? But, but see, that, <clears throat> that mistake, she's more grounded in reality than her brother is. She broke away from her parents because she was all like, I'm not in her mind. She already knew the trick. But like yeah. to an she extreme knew. though. Like, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Well, but let's let's face it. She figured out the trick that it was her dad and not the doll that was talking to them. And she well, decided obviously. to like go off yeah. and do her own thing. If you're going to lie to me, I don't. what else do I have exactly. to believe from yes. you? Yes. And quite honestly. she honest, figured it out. Her brother didn't. Her brother stayed. Well, her, her brother was already like. He got trapped. He got trapped. Yes. Yeah. But the, the thing about it is like, okay. I got to talk about the scene when they're like in bed together as like seven or eight year olds uh-huh. looking at a fucking Playboy magazine and the titties and shit. Yeah. And Ursula's like all about it at a very early age before like Leon just smacks the shit out of her, by the way, which it's I was so like, whoa, fucked up. it's like, so fucked up. I was like, what? It, but the idea was that like she was like talking to, like she was looking at that way before, like she was, like way younger than she should have been. To be like, well, yeah, how I mean, old like, were they? Into the need. Hold on, hold on. How old were they? Like eleven? Yeah. I started looking at Playboys when I was ten. But, she, but like, but <laughs> yeah. like, she's not really like. I, I, like those, I found a, I found a suitcase in the woods. I needed those. But she's younger than face. him. When I was ten, I figured it. I was like, she was younger than him. You're right. She was younger true. than him, okay. and she was already looking at Playboys gotcha. when she was young. The fact of the matter is, is yeah. that like obviously there's a reason there's an age limit for magazines. Like exactly. This. No, it's but, true. But like, I think the writing went to these extremes of like what you were saying, Peter, of like mm. Leon retreated into himself yes. into this pen universe yep. and Ursula is prime example of like I'm doing the exact opposite of what is asked of me right. because of the strictness. And quite frankly, like when we do jump to their teenage years and she does get pregnant, it's like it's almost like it's only a problem because of your bad parenting oh, yes. and because of your viewpoint here. Yes. And then it is so, like, I can't go, like, I think this movie is ridiculous and hilarious yeah. because of the stupid things we're supposed to accept is like, oh, yeah, that's just how this family operates. The dad performs yeah. the abortion. Oh, yeah, dear. yeah. In no world, in he yeah. would lose his license yes. time and time again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fucked up. Uh, but then when you actually like take a step back from it and you watch like what this movie is about, like a talking doll and yeah. stuff, you're also yeah. just like, wait, and also like what? Ten minutes an- ago, a nurse like fuck yeah jer- jerked oh off. Let's talk. Okay, so that's what like, I was gonna get what to. What is this movie? Where I like exactly like first like I see like that happened and I'm just like and she's like loving it and and, and the kids just <laughs> like, watching this like for this doctor exactly yeah, that's like, a good like, question it's like already you have fucked up parents and clearly they hire fucked up people because like she like locks the door and, the like, kids are in the room when another kid is getting a, like a flu shot or whatever right like, right what right. is going on right here? and Sorry. then the other thing the other thing too is like she closed the door and it's not like she's trying to be discreet she's moaning mad loud yeah and then obviously then we cut to the scene where they're like looking at the playboy and like he smacks the shit out of his sister which i i dude i kind of laughed a little bit because i was well, like whoa it's ridiculous right but there is now you bring it up like there is a polarity between both of them where it's like they went into opposite extremes yes uh-huh. and they are that's why i guess ursula at the end snaps as well right like well no i mean they make us they lead us to 
Let's talk about that in a sec because okay. I think that is up for debate, okay. and I think we might be on opposite sides of it. Okay. I want to know what you think too, Peter. By the way, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this film. Okay, that's that's what <laughs> I, I wanted really to hear. Really enjoyed well, this movie. And w- listeners, few and far between, <clears throat> do we get like a fired up group chat? Oh like, yes, while, yeah. like sometimes it's occasion. There's always occasional thoughts. But this time there was... Wait, wait. We don't have any fired up group chats? I think we always have fired up group chats. They exist, but different (laughs) movies, (laughs) there's a different heat level. That's true. That's That's true. The the cool thing is, we'll save the rating, obviously, for the end for this one, but like, I actually was... Like hooked into watching this movie from beginning to end. Like, I needed to know what happened. so weird. Plus, like... Leon oddly reminded me of a Robert Pattinson. I don't know if you guys saw yeah. that. Right? Like, yeah. I could see Batman in that character. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like Robert Pattinson. I was like, all right, Robert Pattinson, dude. Like, you're like, the acting was for an 80s movie that had this much cheese on it. Uh-huh. It was actually not bad. Like, like, like people took it serious. Yes. Like, that's the thing. Except for the heart attack scene. I mean, that was that was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that was that very was 80s. actually really yeah. funny. Yeah, that uh, was very, yeah. Well, sounds like we got some lively scenes to talk about. Let's come <laughs> back to it after this break. Magic Girl at the Movies, Robin Rob, back, talking pin. 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 P-I-N. Pin ellipsis, the plastic nightmare. That's oh, what yes, it was supposed on, to be called. Yep, yep, and that's on the <laughs> on, the, on the, the box right yeah. here. I've got it right in front of yeah, me. Yeah. Uh, Peter, you, you look like you're like <laughs> just waiting on a rock, about to jump off t- with a topic. Or do you have a favorite scene? Well, here's the thing. Okay. Uh, the, the one... <laughs> One thing I will say, I feel sorry for Leon. Okay, I started. Fe- I started feeling sorry for this guy. I was just like, "Oh man, your parents did you dirty, very dirty." Oh man, they messed you up, rough dude. and tumble. Oh my god! But uh, but uh, there, uh, I was texting the group at a certain point when the parents die. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. With pin in the back seat. Right, yeah, right, right. Pin in the back seat. I was all like, I was like, wait a second. They better not do what I hope they're not going to do. Uh-huh. They better not do it. They better not do it because this movie's already good. <laughs> and if you do it, I'm gonna, I'm out. I wasn't gonna spoil it for you, Peter. I'm out. And you, you, you. Why you did guys, you think they did? You guys read the text. If they do what I hope they're not doing, I'm out. So what did you think <clears throat> there was a potential of? I thought that they were gonna make the doll actually alive. Okay. And that like he it was, was going to be its own, it's, yeah, it's going to be its own character, and it is, it is its own character. But I thought they were actually going to like uh, it's possessed by a demon or something. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Honestly, though, like, and I was hoping they did not do that, and thank God they did not do but that. But they leave that ambiguous with that crash scene. They very much start lead. They, I the first I, time I like I the ambiguity. This, yeah, I the first time I watched this. Okay, so just to back up for the audience, like. Yeah. Uh, the dad catches Leon talking to Penn and realizes he's like, he's oh, my, a son's psycho. my son's messed up. Yeah. Schizophrenic. He's like, he's like, so I'm taking Penn with me. We're going to the medical gala or whatever. And donate him. He's like, yeah, I'll leave him there after my speech and the kids can use him. And uh, they get in the car <laughs> wreck. Yeah, like but you the see, like, <laughs> yeah, that nurse she's <laughs> yeah. Put, tendering her resignation. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, on high. Yeah. Anyway, uh, 
Talk about tendering. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Pin peeks out from the back seat like fucking Mortal Kombat 2. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they flip to the wreck, and Terry O'Quinn's like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> and I do, I remember when I watched this for the first time, I was like, where is this movie going? I know. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, that's when you asked yourself that well, question? I had asked myself that question many times, but then when it goes <laughs> to this like amp- partially ambiguous scene of like Pin could be sentient, then I was just yeah. like, okay, well, we're, I we've thought, dealt with so much so far. I thought that the movie was going to actually make him somewhat sentient or that it was actually someone that was sewn into the body like it was an actual oh, actual cadaver yeah that had been sewn because at the beginning he closes oh, his eyes God. but it's obviously it's not him right so but it's like leon yeah. it's leon but like at, when i saw that i was like you oh know fuck, exactly yeah, like yeah. it might be this fucking dummy yeah. that's actually a cadaver sewn into it and you know 80s craziness sure i was expecting that maybe that was what's gonna be like that it wasn't like the doll was coming alive is that it was an actual person like yeah. a dead person that had been plastified if that's a word and yeah, well like a like a the autopsy of Jane Doe's was, type of movie exactly and yeah. that like it was like a zombie in there that was still alive somehow like oh i'm so and, happy they did and, not go in that did, direction. but like that's what i thought you know By what the i mean way, and if then, our listeners haven't seen the autopsy of jane doe check that out yeah um but then you know when he kills the ant with the heart attack and you see that lighting which was actually pretty cool yes they actually show that it was leon operating it the whole time so i was like ah oh, i don't think this dude's alive yeah i think it's it's interesting the progression of this movie and I'd like to know your guys' thoughts because it does feel like maybe none of us are like writing letters about this movie but we all <laughs> had fun watching it and enjoyed it. But like it's pacing is weird because it's almost like two movies. Like you get the kids when they the before and after parents. Right. You know yeah. and I I'm sure the book has all of that but I feel like this movie could have started at the funeral or whatever and then just done a, a quick flashback or like a credit sequence even of like them as kids knowing Pin. I'm, I'm thinking like uh, um, Watchmen <clears throat> style yeah. credits yeah, where yeah. you can like see Pin with the family, you know, and the I, kids. I actually, I'm going to say, man, I actually did not mind the pacing of the film. Like to me, yeah, it, same. It, I, mean, I didn't mind it either. It and just it, felt like there were lulls in it where, and maybe it's I the think product it could be, of it could be the, the novel. second time watching. It could be, it's, it seems like a novel would go into more detail over that because yeah. a novel sort of paces itself <clears> like that. <throat> but in my opinion, like the story worked because you sort, you start to see the descent into madness and then now it's taking its toll in crucial years where yeah. like this can manifest itself in worse ways well the reason why i think that it's uh piggybacking off of what you said yeah uh the reason why i think that the there's no pacing uh problems is because we see where his psychosis comes from from right. it starts from an early age right. mm-hmm. and then starts really manifesting itself especially once the parents die right and he he Finally, I think that like the whole point is that he's been building. This has been building over years, and then when his dad caught him in it, was he was already like very manic at this point because of his sister yeah, and all that yeah. shit. And his dad catches him. That's when Leon finally like unhinges himself because he kills his parents. Yeah, and like he's gone. Like at that point, it's like it's it's really well, no. in mostly in There's his a mind trope for a long time. Of like, sorry, yes, Peter. He had a chance to come back. Ooh, where there was a point. Where he was going to discard Pin. It was after he finished 
uh, reading his poetry to Steve and yeah. his sister. But, but he already killed his parents by that point. Yeah, but this is this is further along. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah. he's reading the poetry to Steve he had and another, Ursula. Like crisis. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, right. and and he takes Pin upstairs. He's like, "We're done. I I finally found some friends. Yeah, uh, someone who can be a friend to me. I don't need person. you. Don't right. need you anymore." And he probably would have had he not heard the conversation or had Steve kind of like kept his thoughts to himself. Right, right. They would have become friends, and and it would have been over for. But but the, I think whole, the whole point of that is like, would it really have lasted? Yeah, Leon, you know Leon, Leon needs to see a doctor and uh, no uncertain terms. Yeah, like Ugh. it's like it's like only a matter of, like he found friends and stuff like that, but it's only a matter of time before reality hits and he has to retreat back into his kid self to pin like like it wasn't going to last is what what I that's the impression. Can I, I ask got. you guys a question? Yeah, and it's a little off subject, but definitely on subject for the movie itself. I always get like little weirded and creeped out when there's like a super overprotective brother in stories like yeah obviously this one is to an extreme yeah. oh but yeah like, big time i just turned on the tv the other day and just hit play on crackle yeah. and some movie from 2001 with kirsten dunst and colin hanks came on get over it and it is was that after i had watched yeah it was after i had watched pin and there's a scene where colin hanks is like oh dude get your hands off my fucking sister bro and it's just like didn't even need to be in the scene. Just some <clears> dude <throat> was like trying to dance with his sister. Right. And I was right. like, coming after watching Pin. I do remember that movie. This feels creepy. Weird. Wasn't and that creepy? With... And like, why is that a like family protection? I understand. Yeah. But like the weird trope of this, keep it in the horror film. So you know, I gotta. Yeah. I'm gonna talk about this a little bit because I actually have a personal experience with a friend of mine. I won't mention his name. I hope he's not here in the podcast. Love you, brother. You're one of my best <laughs> friends. But let's call him. Uh, guitar couch. A guitar couch. Gu- okay. Guitar couch is actually like he has three sisters. Okay. And he was very overprotective of his three sisters in the sense that like he was like know, Joey Tribbiani from Friends. Uh, yeah. He didn't want. He didn't want any of his friends like if they like he didn't want any of his friends dating his sisters right and like I, like his sisters are, are attractive girls right so like they're they're doesn't matter no no, no. wouldn't that make but, more but sense like, though. That's what I hold on. So the whole point is Let's that watch where we're dancing around. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> but apparently, like he had a really good friend, and then he started dating his sister, and like he swore off the friendship, and like never talked to the guy again. And I was like, "Yo, dude, like why? You know what I mean? Like, like fuck it, dude. Like it's your like at least it's your friend." He's like, so I guess the his reasoning was, well, a I don't want my friends coming over to hang out with my sister when like it's like my like he, it was sort of a jealousy a thing between, yeah, yeah 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 where it's like you're my friend it's like now you're gonna be coming over to like my sister so it's like now it's weird like our friendship isn't gonna be the same because you've got our another, friendship can be affected by a relationship by a relationship yeah. I think that that's oh, one of the he things. was gonna go in a different direction yeah which to me I, I was like see like here's the thing that's not it's creating not, a psychosis and obsession exactly so I, I understand that point but even so like I still disagreed with it because I was like well dude like first of all like wouldn't you want your good friends like that True. you know yeah. Dating? I mean, yeah, yeah and it's like then some other guy or and either way like if your sister dates a guy and gets married or whatever like aren't you gonna be sort of friends with that guy anyway so yeah. it's like yes. it's like dude I'd like to know an experience of an overprotective sister for a brother like Listen, yeah, that please does, write in. I want to hear about that. I, I've, I don't know here's if that happened. I've never seen it feels that. Feels like it might be a toxic thing. It could be a toxic <laughs> thing because if you look at it, if it's a younger sister, it'd be definitely toxic because it'd look at it more like father figure style. 
Or like it would be a little weird. It'd be creepy. Oh, and I if just it's, mean like it's toxic for dudes to be like, I own my sister. Yeah. Know? Oh no, it's wow. totally toxic. Yeah. But like, yeah. look, I don't know, man. I the only time I've met friends of mine that had like an older sister, and their older sister's always like, yeah, go out there, get laid, because have they fun. They probably realize like how much bullshit it's been every other. Anyway, pin nineteen eighty eight. No, but I thought no. Well, I wanted to say something. I thought oh, that it was going to be like you know. I thought his reasoning was going to be if you guys break up, I don't want to be in the middle of this, and I still want to be. Well, friends. I think that's part of it. I that think would that's be, part of that it. would make more sense. Yeah. It's like you, you, okay, here's like this is the reason why I don't want you dating my sister. It's because yeah. we're friends, and if you break up, I'm going to have to take her side because she's fam. I so think, I'm gonna I think, I think it's the whole contract. package. Like we're, like, <laughs> and I don't want to hear from it from my sister, and then I don't want to hear from. Uh, from you, so I don't give a shit. I think that's yeah. I think yeah. that's the whole package. That would have been me, that it was like you know? more I so. Think I've seen that on a TV show. Yeah. I think that's the whole package. Yeah, I think that he's more like it just compromises my friendships. Yes, right. Yeah. Which, yeah. but that's that's, that's understandable because it's friendship. He wasn't protective if they dated someone else. Sure, sure, sure. Which that's, is that's 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 different. Yeah, that's not pin. Yeah. Pin is just well, insane. He beat the shit out of a guy that was well. He was, no, he kicked him in the balls. Yeah, yeah, and we. I mean, he like, kicked here's him in the, the dick. I mean, that's not cool, man. Bro, here's but she thing. was fucking in the parking lot with so many people there, dude. Well, Did you I see think that? Wait, you guys have never done that before. Yeah, <laughs> Come on, bro. bro, the we car was moving. Sex, there was like we're a sex positive podcast, and we all fucking cars. Yeah, but I've done there it was multiple 30 times. people. <laughs> Thirty people just walking around while this car was rocking. And by the way. One air, someone constant. came a knocking, dude. <laughs> someone came a knocking. It was he wiped the fucking condensation from the outside. Oh wow, that's powerful. <laughs> that is some good stuff right there, baby. <laughs> the condensation, the condensation was on the inside. I know through the window. It's so. <laughs> uh, you know what? Having gone through the window, let's go to another break and take a moment here. <laughs> There's a lot of a middle section there. Yeah. Magic Girl at the Movies with Rob and Rob. I chose this one, and it's created a lively discussion sometimes about the movie. Um, Peter, you liked this one. You've already said it. Oh, yeah. Put it on paper. It's on the contract. I did. I signed that shit. I like there. the I like the opening. I like the credits. It was there very it creepy. Is. That's where I it was. It was a very creepy opening. Just black screen with these red like blood letters. Isn't, isn't like Pet Cemetery and it like all those eighties yeah, horror yeah. movies had the same sort of red credits against black yeah, backgrounds. just like a TV movie and or just like, with, like with the film noir. Slightly the like moving. Oh, I think yeah. that's just because the Chiron effects back then that's weren't, like, was, weren't perfect. Yeah, so. that's what, I don't. I'm even glad know that it was. I think it's like is. imprinted in the actual oh, wait, film. Chiron is the. Yeah. I'm glad it wasn't perfect. It looked yeah. creepy yeah. as hell. I think that's it's those subtleties when we watch new horror that like take it away. Well, we don't. We forget that like you don't plan on the imperfections. Yeah, you yeah. plan to make it perfect. Yeah, and when the imperfections become harder and harder to actually keep in a film. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I think it's like subconsciously we're like not connecting. That's why we're all like eighties horror movies or like nineties yeah. or whatever, or whatever your excuse is. It's kind of like, well, I really do like some two thousands and 2010s and 2020s horror movies. I One just need to, to look mind. at them different. 
One comes to mind, which while I was watching this movie, weirdly enough, I was like, I think this is going to be my pick because it sort of complements it. I feel like oh, it's and this a, would be next week, right? It would be. Yeah, it would be a spiritual successor oh, wait, to this no. movie. It's, it's Peter's Peter. next week. Right. But wait, did you guys see Malignant? I have not seen Malignant. it yet. Because it is a movie about an imaginary friend of sorts. It's and like it's, uh, Drop Dead Fred, right? And it's pretty fucking nutty and wacky in its own way that... It could be a spiritual successor partner to this movie. I don't know. I was watching. I was like, why do I get malignant vibes from this? I am down. I want to see it. You're the second person who's told me I should watch it, but that I may not like it. You may not like it. Which is interesting. I went in there thinking that it was going to be an absolute piece of shit, and I walked out of there kind of loving it, but we'll talk about that when we review the movie. But still, imaginary friends and this this whole thing, this whole concept... I don't know. It it had definite creep vibes for all the cheesiness that I saw. Mm-hmm. I was I was invested in the creepiness throughout. And it worked. It worked. And so you didn't miss any of like some uh, 80s, 90s aesthetics that we kind of lean towards. And you know me. I always talk about film language, man. And yeah. the film language mm. of the time was th- that's you, how movies in yeah. the 80s were made. And I'm telling you, I thought the acting was actually pretty solid. I you, believe you, Yeah, you talk about film language like I talk about openings. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I was thinking about that the other day, too. People really underrate or they, they don't pay attention to, like, the power of an opening credit sequence. True. They don't. It is important. And and this one with its soundtrack, I, I you might think that I'm, like, <clears throat> fucked up or whatever, but yeah. it, I think it's like Candyman. With that yeah. glass soundtrack, yeah. this reminded me of that. Yeah, yeah, a lot. And but that's the thing: we got rejected at a festival for the ride. And I think I told this story already once, where like they told us like our credit sequences are too long. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But we're like, but the credit sequences are awesome. But Peter Madrigal is one of the producers, no, and no. he likes credits. <laughs> yeah, I love credits. But I remember going to the movies, like having some of the most memorable moments of a movie be the opening credit sequence. Well, hell yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, give someone something boring in the first 10 seconds? It's the worst decision ever. And it sets the tone. The other thing is, like, I remember, like, when I first started learning uh-huh. computer graphic effects for film. Bring it. The first thing I wanted to learn how to do was make awesome credit sequences. Yes. And, and it's something that's, like, a light lift that could bring amazing results like totally if i can do this right then i've set the tone totally and it and that's what it is and i remember when i was 13 14 years old when i was starting to make my first short films like the technology that kids have nowadays did not exist dear god so to do like actual like typefaced credits was outrageously difficult Uh back then so like that's why i always was in awe of it so like the fact that you bring that up is a great point it sets the tone for the entire movie i agree with you guys yeah um Peter, is there anything you would do different in this movie? <laughs> I know, right? And then is maybe this, we can get into final thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm down. Is there cool. anything I would do differently in this movie? Huh. Yeah. That's an interesting question. I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, like, if we're going to Valerian this thing. I know, right? If we're going to Valerian this thing, I don't, I just, I so really, probably really, put the Jude in the main character role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got some um, thoughts on what I would do later, but you, you should go ahead. God, what, like, cause uh, dare I say, I like, like, I dare he. Dare, dare I dare I say that I, I, I enjoyed this movie so much that I didn't, Think about anything to cut out or Hell do differently. Yeah. 
Wow. Because this it's is, for this me, it's up there with, with for, for the podcast. For the podcast. This is up there next to Superman 2. Yeah. No. <laughs> like the sure. podcast is a different list, top ten list. I'm assuming that Superman 2 is Leon and Pin is Ursula for Peter <laughs> right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> so here's the thing. I'm thinking that that Match Girl at the Movies does have a top ten list that's constantly updated and rotating, but it is not necessarily our top ten favorite movies. Yeah. And we've got Superman 2 and we've got Pin on it now. And Superman for our top two. ten list, there may be a video behind the paywall coming soon. So anyway, sorry, Peter, I cut you off. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, no, um, yeah, I don't think I would have done anything differently on this. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, you know. Well, that's uh that's that is, I, I'll t- I mean, I had nothing to do with this movie, but I'll take it as a compliment for putting yeah. it on the table. There we go. Uh, I got love any it. Uh, final thoughts <clears throat> on the on the film? Um, I think that everyone should probably go watch this and learn how not to parent. Yeah, and it's uh, <laughs> if you want to be a parent, this is a movie you should watch to learn how not to parent. And I'm pretty sure it's still free on YouTube. Yeah, so it is. It is. In 1998, Rob. 1988. 88. 1988. 1998. <laughs> totally different so we talk a lot about movie i hate remakes in a lot of ways but there are movies that do deserve remakes every once in a while because they should be thrown into a contemporary light i don't think that this movie needs a remake because it's bad i think it needs a remake because it didn't get the exposure that it needed to get and you can if you modernize this movie really go into the descent of madness of Leon and make it like a pretty creepy, intense experience. Yeah. Yes. And you can make the dummy a lot creepier, right? And you can do a lot of things to play with the ambiguity throughout the whole moment, right? Like think of it as psycho, right? Exactly. Where psycho, there's an ambiguity of whether his mother is alive. Like who's he talking to? Whatever you, I think this movie borrows heavily from those tropes, right? Like we do that, but go to like an extreme and really have it be told not from Leon's perspective, but from Ursula's perspective. Oh, I love it. I had the same. You know what I mean? Like you make her the main character. Whose perspective do you think that this is move this? I think it's mostly this one's presented throughout like the kids is in general, but like Leon takes center stage. It's mostly Leon because I thought it was both of them. Well, we see more personal life of Leon and we see more like his exposure. I got And he's pulling the strings. And you're seeing that, but if you make it Ursula, right? I got a better idea. Check make this out. Point of view of Pin. Ooh, oh, very boring. <laughs> so, <yeah>. <laughs> but <laughs> Ursula is a girl who's you know like sexually like starting to liberate she's herself. She's exploring life. She's exploring life, and she's seeing her brother, who sort of is like descending into madness and stuff like that. And then as she's making friends, he's not. So she's seeing the mm-hmm. contrast, right? Because we relate more to Ursula than we do to Leon. Yeah. I mean, unless you're. You got a dummy and you talk to it. Completely got off the rails. <laughs> right? But you 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 go from that perspective and you start to see how he over is overprotective and he's like acting weird and she catches him like talking yeah. Yeah. to Pin and it that you add to the creepy factor of it where we're discovering it as if we were Ursula, right? Because we relate to her. And then you have that ambiguity where she starts to get crazy because of the situation where she doesn't even know anymore whether this guy is doing it or if, if the thing's alive because of all the torment. And then you blow it up at the end, and you and I would actually argue that you leave it ambiguous in the end, where it was like, was it Pin or was it Leon? You I, know what think I mean, that would be an awesome idea, especially because that's where I think this movie lost its thread a little bit. It was like 
side on fucked up Leon or what is pin you know right. like what is going on in this household you know throw some red herrings do some stuff if you want to go that pin yeah. route um, other than that I did like on the rewatch that although I thought some areas were slower than before I think that's just product of sure having watched it before and it's low budget yeah but we don't get movies like this no you know like no, these movies don't. aren't made um it's so weird that it's hilarious and not and nothing in it is too uncomfortable yeah like there's uncomfortable subject matters but it's not like I kind of feel weird watching this with uh, someone else in the room. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's not really that far. There are yeah. some elements, but you yes. can joke around enough about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, well, the, I think it's like encompassing enough cheesiness be, and also because it's an 80s film that like yeah. you can sort of disarm that a little bit. Yeah. And I think it's a healthy choice for someone who's like, I want to watch something old and weird. And like they may have a faint stomach. You know, yeah. or they don't like to watch gore. This is a fun yeah. Halloween one to put mm. on there. But I would—that was the other thing. I would up the gore factor in the in the remake. Yeah. Like honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, and I've thought about, I was like, Peter, I would not be opposed to making this movie, man, because we could make it for a lot of like Ooh, like nothing, practically I nothing. Know. The rights to this have to be next to nothing, dude. Yeah, exactly. I would I argue that we should yeah, maybe yeah. chase after this movie because I actually think it would be a really successful movie nowadays with like the whole talk of mental yeah. health and shit. Yeah. And we can make it so creepy and all it really takes is normal locations. We can shoot it like the East Coast or something and uh, you know, like you get it the dummy It doesn't matter stuff. where it's even at, really. Yeah. And like, the production design really just has to be the creepy ass dummy we could do a lot with this movie, man. I yes, may actually could. write Maybe a treatment for a, this. We could yes. A, please do, because we could have a dummy that does more than sit. Dude. That's yes. all it does. Like, they try to pick it up, and it's like this well, molded plastic. He did snuggle with Aunt, uh, what's her name? Mm, and yeah. then he moved up, mm. but then we saw Leon moving him. Yes. Anyway, hard plastic. Um, I think it's a great idea. Tell me what to do, because... I'll put in. I think that I'll put in the. Work I think that we well. need to find out if those rights are available and if we can get them for cheap. Because honestly, honestly, I think we can make that movie. Oh, absolutely! And if you very want quickly. to be a producer as well in the credits, go over to Patreon.com/slash Madrigal at the Movies. Anyone yes. who throws down ten dollars a month will put your name in the credits when there this you movie go. comes out. There you absolutely. Go. Yep, and. That's a promise, and it's recorded, and it's a promise until I take this episode off of the public feed. Um, <laughs> guys, I think this has been great. I just plugged the Patreon, but if there's anything else you guys would like to, well, what are your to- final thoughts on it? Oh, I well, my I, like I said, I think that it's a really great movie to watch. That's weird. I think it's fun for Halloween season. I think that's the only time you're going to be able to like actually convince like a group of people to watch this movie. <laughs> um, but like when you do, you're going to be glad you watched it and it's going to give you fucking dinner party conversation for years to come. Oh my God. Chris, you're a horror writer. Yeah. I'm talking to, my, to our producer, Chris, who edits our podcast as well. Congratulations Chris, on becoming a father. Congratulations on becoming congratulations, a father. baby. Chris, you're a horror writer. I'm sure your brain is exploding like mine is right now <laughs> because I got another wonderful idea for this movie and I'm going to do it 
outside of the recording because we got to keep things secret uh, because we're going to make this movie. I've decided. Yeah. Let's we're writing it. it. We're writing it. it. We're redoing it. We're remaking Pin. We're, let's do it. All right. Those are my final thoughts. Thank oh, you for yeah. bringing this one to the table, Rob. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Peter. Anything you'd like to point the audience to? Your Instagram, your social yeah, happy hour, your roses. You can, you can catch me on my Instagram at Peter underscore Madrigal. Uh, this past week, uh, it'll be a few weeks since uh, I came back from Vegas, but you can check out my like a my like a Caesar vlog that I do over there in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, I was also doing the Proof Awards, so you can go check that out too. I have um, all those on my Instagram lives, and you can watch and relive uh, my little trip with me also we are going to be doing relaunching social happy hour in a few weeks so get ready for that it's going to be a lot of fun and there's going to be something else coming out behind the paywall so you're going to have to tune in to social happy hour to find out what that is awesome uh Rob Federick. Well, guys, you guys can always find me on robfederick.com to see uh, a lot of my awesome, cool work if you guys like it. And uh, yeah, uh, twitch.tv slash phantom director with a K. We've got Streams from the Crypt has officially launched <laughs> for the Halloween season. Nice. You can catch Rob's Rob's on there yeah, with that's us. Me. And uh, we're, we're going to be doing some crazy, fun Halloween stuff there. So definitely tune into that. Yeah, like Rob, I also Twitch stream, uh, Twitch, my handle there is Rob's Rob's, R-O-B-S, R-O-B-S. I've also got an Instagram and website. You can go to robkschulte.com. See all the podcasts I work on. I almost named another one, and I'm just going to go with, there's a list, and you can see them. And some of them have people like Peter as a host. Some of them have people like Rob Lowe as a host. got a lot of Robs going on over here. Some of them people got Rob Federick. Some of them got Rob Schulte. Some of them got Brittany High. Some got Mackenzie Green. You know what? It's a font. But I'm glad you joined us here today on Magical at the Movies with Rob and Rob. We'll see you next time on... Well, yeah, we got another spooky episode coming. Yes, we do. See you later. Later. Woo! Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob is hosted by Peter Madrigal, Rob Federick, and Rob Schulte. The podcast is edited by me, Chris Tyler, and produced by Rob Schulte. If you're looking to support this podcast, check out the merch link in the show notes, or just leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. 